Hello, everyone. This is Stephen Earp. Welcome to The Real Investing Show. This is episode eight, and I am with my co-host, the great Taylor Davis. So welcome, Taylor. Welcome back. Hey, Stephen. How are you, man? I am super duper. How are you? It's been a really long time since I've seen you. I know. It's our last. Crazy. Our last show was... I, I miss you bad. I miss you bad. I miss your face. Strangely, strangely, you're wearing the exact same shirt that I saw you in last time. Yeah, uh, I, I only own one shirt. Okay, okay. And it matches your face so well. It's like the same color palette as your face. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Taylor, tell us what is our topic for the day? So, yeah. Um, so, today I want to talk, I really want to pick your brain on multifamily, specifically large multifamily. So, not, not necessarily like duplex, triplex, uh, that sort of thing, but larger multifamily. So, we're talking about a, either small apartment complexes or larger apartment complexes and want to discuss the differences, uh, pros and cons in residential investing and large multifamily investing. Okay. So, um, tell me what, what is the advantage to getting into larger multifamily in comparison to uh, continuing to buy single family homes or uh, duplexes? Yeah, a lot of advantages. It's a good question, first of all. So the question is, what are the advantages of multifamily investing over as, as opposed to single family houses or duplexes, triplexes and things like that? First of all, from an investment perspective, anything that's like a fiveplex or more is considered like multifamily for the purpose of uh, for the purpose of like funding loans and things like that. Um, so, just in terms of uh, definitions, usually when people talk about duplexes, triplexes, um, and quads, they just use those terms: duplex, triplex, quad. But when you get to fiveplex and more, they usually call it multifamily. For the purpose of loans, um, one benefit of multifamily is that you can get more doors, and door is another term that we would use for the number of units that you rent out. So if you have a hundred units, that's a hundred doors. Okay, so you can get more doors. You can expand your investing with fewer transactions, um, and so that's one that's one benefit. And another benefit is there are lots of ways to leverage multifamily. So meaning you can, um, a lot of times banks, banks will loan on multifamily, not just based on, like when you're in single family uh, loans, um, you, single family borrowing, you're using your own W-2 income, your own you know, assets, your own credit to get this deal done. With multifamily, the value of the property, and, and that's another thing, the single with single family and up to about a quad, um, the way they determine value has to do with comparables, comparable sales, look in the neighborhood at other fourplexes, how much did they sell for within the last 12 months or within the last six months? What's the comparable, um, what's the comparable uh, condition? And you can you can you can base the value on that. So when you get appraisals and things like that. So multifamily is based on something different. It's, it's called the cap rate, which really has to do with 
Um, it really has to do with the, your return on your cash, basically, um, when you're investing in multifamily. So it has to do more with the return on the particular property. And it is really nothing to do with comparable sales. Like you don't go to, to an apartment complex, a multifamily unit and say, well, this apartment complex is worth this in this area. And so this one must be worth similar. No, it has to do with the, with the cash return on that particular property in and of itself, because there are so many variables in there. It's much more complex to do what they would call underwriting or determining the value um, of a particular property. So the, the financing is different. And so you can leverage more options for financing. One option for financing multifamily is, um, is that you can get groups of people together to invest in properties together. And a lot of times you, you call that syndication. So uh, with multifamily investing, you can, um, you can invest in multifamily a lot of times as a limited partner or basically a silent partner. So within, within investing in large commercial properties or uh, in, in investing in multifamily, a lot of times you have like what they call general partners, which are more active partners in the deal. Then you have what they call uh, limited partners, which are passive partners in the deal, just putting money in. So there are lots of opportunities to invest in multifamily or commercial properties just with money and you can invest passively. And, and as passive investors, you can, make, you can make a far higher return on your money than you can by being a passive investor in single family properties. So a lot of times if you're an investor in a single family property, as a passive investor in a single family property, you, you might can make you know what similar to what the bank would make on on loans or maybe a few percentage points higher so so maybe you you lend an investor uh you invest passively in a property that's a house and maybe you make eight percent on your money or seven or six percent or nine percent but on a on a multifamily, i mean you're the floor is usually like 12 percent annually uh on your money and uh, and things like that. So that's another another thing. There are there are more ways to get involved in multifamily. Um, another thing that I love about investing in large commercial projects or commercial property or uh, multifamily properties is it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. You you just it's just unlikely that one person would be able to do it all. There's a huge pieces in it. Um, you you have to have people that can handle the funding that can get the loans. You have to have people that can underwrite it, which is like, you know, walking through the whole thing, looking at the rent rolls, um, you know, looking at all the checks, the checks and balances, the spreadsheets. Um, you have to have people that can handle property management. You can have, have to have people that can handle the improvements. And it's one thing to go to Lowe's or Home Depot with your truck and buy some tools and like fix up a single family house. You're not going to do that with 100 units. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So but there, I, those right. are just one of the benefits. Uh, okay, so one of the things that I want to go back to that to me is the most fascinating thing about multifamily, and you and you touched on it is um, you get to derive the value internally, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about that. You know, when you go in, a, a great example. I actually went to a house yesterday that is um, like way overbuilt. Like somebody went in and they, they made this their dream home, but they, it's on like a 9,000 square foot home among 
all maybe 2,000, 2,500 square foot homes. So is that house really worth 1.6 million like they're asking as a 9,000 square foot home probably should be uh, with all of these amenities and things like that? Well, no, because your immediate surrounding area are all worth $300,000. So it's going to bring that overall value back down. So it's you, mm-hmm. I, so when you're in a single family, what you're saying is uh, because I'm having, I'm very, you're limited on how much you can sell your house for later solely based off other people around you and not a based off your assets specifically. It's, it's like assets. However, when you're in commercial, what you're saying, and when I say commercial, Commercial and multifamily are underwritten and looked at in the same way in the same process, correct? That's what I understand. Yeah. So so when you look at so you're looking at a cap rate, right? So mm-hmm. if so the way you get to a cap rate and a capitalization rate would be um the I'm gonna put this much money in and this much money is coming back to me every year. That's how you come up with a cap rate. So, uh, you know, I'm going to spend $10 million on an apartment complex and I'm going to receive uh, $500,000 a year back. Well, that's a 5% cap rate, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what you're saying is because the value is derived from the cap rate, Mm -hmm. right? uh, Now all I have to do is increase that cap rate. How do you do that? So how do you increase the cap rate is um, one increasing the um, or but doing it about the value. I'm sorry. Using that cap rate, increasing the value. How do you yeah. increase the value? How do you increase the value by increasing the value of the property, which increases the rent? OK, so going in, uh, taking a unit, doing some updates, um, you know, putting in granite countertops in an area that hasn't been updated since, you know, in the last 10 years. Um, or adding washer and dryer hookups, which adds, you know, maybe 50 or $75 a month of, you know, um, uh, rental or adding some garage space on the property where people can add extra for garage or just realizing that, that the rents are undervalued. Maybe something hasn't been managed well for a while. And so you go in and you do the research and you say, well, in, in like, this quality of a property in this area, the rents really should be at this level. And, and you know, they're 10% below or 20% below or 30% below. And you go in there, make a few improvements and you slowly start increasing the rents. You can even increase the, the value just by changing the management. Sometimes management, in, I mean, management is everything when you're talking about um, multifamily. So in commercial or multi, multifamily, like apartment complexes, um, if you have poor management, I mean, you're, you're going to, I mean, you're going to lose. Yeah. And, and so you could go in and make improvements. You can, um, you know, get a management company that's going to stay on top of it better, uh, lowering your vacancy rate. Uh, there are all kinds of things you can do to make improvements. And so the, you know, with a single family property, you can go in and slap a coat of paint on it, um, repair a few things, and it's worth more money with, with multifamily. It's similar to that but it's like an exponentially high, higher increase. I mean, like, man, if you, if you just increase the rents by $50 a month and you have a hundred units, it's, it's like, that's not just $50 extra per month per unit. That that's like $50 per month per unit 
um, times, times you know, times one hundred unit, yeah, times twelve months, and that goes a hundred percent to the profitability on your bottom line. I mean, so it's like here's what I love about multifamily. What excites me about multifamily? Yeah, is is you've got for every five for every five cents that I increase my income, I'm yeah. increasing the value of that property by a dollar. And so let's think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. So because if it's all based off, if it's all based off cap rate, which it is, mm -hmm. right? What that means, uh, an asset class, so talk, like there's different classes, A class, B class, C class, right? So mm -hmm. we have these different classes. And, and really what an investor is looking at, because they're, you know, someone who's buying an apartment complex, they want to know if I get, if I spend this much money, I'm going to get this much money back in return. That's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So I know, like I know right now, a lot of A classes are sitting around the 5% mm -hmm. cap rate. Okay. So like, let's say you're going to be able to sell at a 5% cap rate and you're buying at a 5% cap rate. That's the interesting thing is you're buying and selling at the same cap rate, mm -hmm. but you're increasing the value mm -hmm. Every time that you increase a little bit of money that you're getting. So if mm -hmm. I increase for every $5 that I get uh, back annually, I've increased the value of that by $100, right? And so that, mm -hmm. that to me is absolute leverage. So you go in and you find something that was poorly managed. Uh, maybe they yeah. had a 20% occupancy rate. You, you, you increase that. Uh, or you go in and, and you just simply start charging for covered parking or some of these amenities that maybe your competition is charging for, or you are able to uh, have laundry facilities that are bringing in an extra $100, $200 a month, right? That may not seem like this overwhelming thing, but when you multiply it, right? And then you go and you sell that, you're, for, every, for every $5 that you are bringing into your bottom line every year, you're selling it for a hundred dollars more. That mm -hmm. is pure leverage. Like mm -hmm. I, there's nothing out there that I've seen like mm -hmm. that. And that is why so many of these big wall street companies are getting mm -hmm. into multifamily is it is a way for them to leverage their mm -hmm. money exponentially. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, talk to me about the current environment. What is the, uh, what is the upside right now to multifamily? So we talked about we talked about it in general. What mm -hmm. do you see happening right now? Here's my opinion. And first of all, anytime anybody says, here's what the market's doing and here's what it's going to do, the more confident they are in their position, I think the more you should question what they're saying. For sure. Because we're not, there's no crystal ball. But here's what is happening here in the US that I see. There is a nationwide housing shortage, number one. That housing shortage. So people, we talked a few episodes ago about, are we in a bubble? Is it going to crash? And it was like, here's the deal. There's a nation. We, we have been underbuilding houses in the United States since like 2009. So, yeah. And depending on what source you look at, we're either between two and five million homes short in the yeah. U.S. right now. Yeah, that's, it's not it's not a few hundred or yeah. I mean, there are going to be some areas that that's not necessarily the case. But overall, mm -hmm. two to five million homes underbuilt right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the savings, loan, not the savings loan crash. I'm going back to the late 80s. But like, you know, between like 08 and 09, when the subprime mortgage crash happened, 
And that was because we were overbuilding and everybody was buying and nobody, you know, and it was too easy to get loans and things like that. That, that, that was a huge problem that happened based on real estate. Okay. Like real estate caused the economy to almost crash, right. Or really right. to crash. Yeah. Right now, right now what's happening because people are talking recession and, you know, I know there are technical aspects to whether or not we're in a recession or not, but what's happening now, there is, there's still a nationwide shortage of homes. Number one, Number two, interest rates have what? Haven't they doubled in the last six months? They've doubled in the last like almost three months. Okay. So interest rates have doubled in the last three. So previously, four months ago, someone might have been able to get a loan for what? 3%, 3.5%. And now it's probably 6%. Yeah. So uh, people. I, I, I checked for a, an investor loan earlier today. Yeah. 7.5%. Yeah. See, that's back to rates that we were paying like in 05, 06. Right. So, so someone who could buy a home four months ago, all of a sudden cannot afford the home now because right. of interest rates at 6%. So what does that mean? That means all these people that six months ago, nine months ago were on the market and would have bought a home. Tons of them now are like, because of the interest rates, I'm either afraid to buy or I can't afford the home I want, so I'm going to wait. And anytime the market is changing, people freeze. Mm -hmm. People stop spending. So my opinion is that right now and in the next 12, 24 months, multifamily is going to keep, is going to continue to be a massively positive investment because tons and tons and tons of people who otherwise would be homeowners are, are, are right now not going to be able to be homeowners. So that's my opinion. And there also are so many, even some of the hedge funds that are buying um, single family houses. And last I read, it was like um, only a few hundred thousand single family houses are being bought by hedge funds, but it's enough to impact the market. Right. And, and what that does is that contributes to this challenge of people owning their own home. And so right now, I think... Um, the, the future for us to get out of the housing shortage is lots and lots of construction. The fastest way to do that is by building apartment complexes. And we're going to see more and more of that. I think the next 12 to 24 months is going to be an amazing time to invest in, um, in apartment complexes. So that's what I think. Yeah, I think, okay. So uh, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a, a big opportunity. Uh, I think there is a big opportunity in multifamily. Um, mm. I, I think that, you know, going in with a, uh, and, and in a shifting market, especially with interest rates going up, I think that there are going to be people that probably poorly underwrote their deals and, uh, that got into some of these multifamilies when it was low interest rates and they didn't run it conservatively enough. And now their numbers are shifting. That's going to, because they underwrote it at a certain low interest rate. Now interest rates are higher. So when they go to refinance, or they or they want to sell those those uh, cap rates may have compressed or shifted, and I actually think that there's going to be a big opportunity uh, to to find some deals of people that maybe weren't as conservative in their underwriting. I think that's why it's so important that you've got you talked about GPs, uh, general partners. You mm -hmm. have to have the right general partners, someone that mm -hmm. is going to protect your money and care about your money as this is happening, but mm -hmm. I, you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent spot on. We have an inventory shortage and we, we know supply and demand, how that works. And we have mm -hmm. 
we we are short on supply right and that is forcing and that is forcing people into the rental market plus okay we we're also seeing lots of migration changes mm-hmm. Right. My, migration patterns change, like people moving away from California and away from New York. And they're mm-hmm. going to some belt states or southern. Mm-hmm. These, uh, a lot of these southern states with either oh, Texas and Florida and, and Georgia. Florida and, and, mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. you have all all of that, which is one of the most important pieces that you need when you're mm-hmm. investing in multifamily and you're creating this trend line is, am I going to have the population to support this mm-hmm. demand? And so making, you know, being in certain cities where you know that that's going to happen. I mean, I feel like Oklahoma City is absolutely primed for this because we're the sixth fastest growing metro in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and so you have that in Texas, Florida, the same thing. All of these cities that like Miami's, their, their, their rent rates have, have gone up 40 percent in two years because mm-hmm. so many people are moving there. And so that that increases that demand. Um what uh oh, oh i i got a i got a question for you yep um by the way we're coming up on probably four minutes to go so okay uh what do you think uh what is your biggest concern with multifamily so give me one or two cons you give me a lot of pros what are some of the cons the only downside i can think of to multifamily two major downsides one downside is I, I think it may seem it's there's going to be a bigger learning curve. There are more things to consider. There are more things. It's more complicated, more research. You have to have a bigger team. You have to you have to you if you're going to invest in multifamily in apartments, you need to get with the right people because you cannot do it by yourself. Even the biggest investors, I, I listened to a lady who has $700 million in, in multifamily units. Um, and she contracts out all of her property management. Like she doesn't even do her own, even at that level. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So you have to have a huge team. So one downside to multifamily is there's a bigger learning curve. There are more moving parts. There are more details. And the the second is, even when you learn it, it's more complex and you need a bigger, uh, bigger, better team. And so those are the main downsides I can see. What about you? What do you see as downsides to investing in apartments? Uh, I think that one of the downsides to, to, well, I, I think, it, I think you're, you nail, you hit the nail on the head is, is there is a learning curve and there's going to be a fairly steep learning curve. And so mm-hmm. there's that piece. So it's going to take, it's a lot more, uh, uh, figuring out partnering who you trust who can mm-hmm. you partner with who's yeah. going to be on that team uh because you're right it's not just you you, you can kind of fail your way through your first flip and it's okay you mm-hmm. don't want to fail your way through a hundred doors so mm-hmm. i think that that yeah. that's the piece is that there's kind of this uh it, it also is a it's a much longer play like the average the average play for a, an investment uh on, on an apartment complex is is you know, three to seven years, Um, three is on the real short end. And so there's not this, it's not this like, you know, I'm going to do this over the next six months and learn some stuff. It is a long play. And you're in, you're in relationship with that team that you have that entire time. So I think that that's the biggest um, concern, but yeah. uh, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump into some questions and some of them. Let's maybe hit a few questions that can relate to this. Okay. Let me ask you uh, the first question. So we've we've talked a lot about investing. Let me start over. In this episode, we talked a lot about investing in multifamily apartment complexes. So Taylor, how can people invest with us as passive investors? If they want to get their feet wet in an apartment complex, investing in an apartment complex or commercial properties, and they want to be a passive investor, if they have some money that's sitting in investments right now that's perhaps not performing well, but they want to put it in something higher performing, how can they get involved with us as passive investors? Yeah. So you talked about general partners and limited partners. That is a legal structure. So your general partners are the people that are responsible for the deal, responsible for making the decisions. And at the end of the day, responsible for uh, the outcome. Then you have limited partners and they are limited in their liability. That's why they're called limited partners. So they don't have the same liability that a general partner does, and they are just passive investors. So in the same way that you would put money into uh, the stock market, or you would put money into uh, any kind of passive investment, you can be an LP, uh, a limited partner where you are, you're, you're putting that money to the deal. Um, and then you're going to get, and there's a lot of different ways that can be structured. Um, so, some will be a, a higher uh, payoff annually. Some will be like a bigger piece on the back end. There's different ways to structure that. But if you're a limited partner, you're limiting your liability in the, in the, in the deal. And you don't have to have that, that expertise. You just have to have, you have to have trust with your GC. So if you, if you trust us and you want to work with us, um, you can put, you can put your money in, uh, into an L into a limited partnership position so that you're able to go ahead and invest in that deal and see that return. And you're probably going to see, I mean, your, your money is going to be backed by a, a, a an actual apartment that you are a partner in uh mm -hmm. so there's that piece of, of security and you're 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 tapping into one of the best return on investment strategies out there right now when you see all of these big hedge funds that are underwriting and they can put their money anywhere and this is where they're putting their money you you should probably look into it yeah so yeah great answer all right uh Hey, what do you think? How is uh, one question? How are interest rates going to affect multifamily? That might be more of a question for you. Uh, m m my perspective on how interest rates will per will affect multifamily investing is some of the properties that already are in right now that have adjustments that are going to happen or they have to refinance pretty quickly. They might have some challenges if you're buying right now. I cannot see how interest rates would hurt you because you just take that into consideration on the just underwrite end. it with the interest rates, you underwrite it, knowing your interest rates going to be this now, this now instead of this. Right. So if people are already in commercial property or they're already in, even if it's single family, if it's going to adjust, they could, they, they could be in trouble. But if you're just now getting involved in multifamily, um, I do not see how interest rates raising will affect it. In fact, in a negative way, in fact, I actually think the interest rates going up will make multifamily a better investment because fewer people can afford homes. Right. So That's you're creating more demand. It's, it's, it's increasing the demand on the rental side. It's increasing the strength yeah. of the rental market. Yeah. 
um no i i i i agree with you i think there's a huge opportunity so bro i love you yep love it thank you so much all right show always let's do it again all right all right next guys uh like comment and share and um Follow us to The Real Investing Show. Uh, We thank you guys so much. Post your real estate questions down below in the comments. Uh, Message me, message Taylor, follow me, follow Taylor. Let us know what your questions are about real estate investing, and we'll try to answer all your questions. Thanks. (music) 